going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope that all is well in your world. I hope you had a great weekend and that your week is off to a fantastic start. Of course, there's plenty happening in the world of pro wrestling, and we're going to talk about it. That's what we do here at The Faction. But first, a big thank you to all of you who have joined us in all of the places and spaces that you've joined us, whether that is on the socials, at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or if it is via podcast by way of Spotify, Google, Apple, or whichever way or platform you're checking us out. Thank you so very much. These things mean the world. And if you'd be so kind, I know there are a ton of podcasts that are out there covering the world of pro wrestling, but if you really like this one, share this with your friends and followers. Let them know what we're doing and that we have some really cool conversation here on The Faction. By the way, I want to start with a big shout out to the legendary AC Mack, and I call him legendary. He is the current IWTV World Heavyweight Champion. He also was ranked number 25 on this year's PWI 500. He has been a guest on this show. We get to work with him in Southern Honor and in some other spaces as well. Well, today is AC Mack's birthday, so shout out to AC Mack. Hit him up on Twitter or on Instagram at AC underscore Mack. Shout him out. Let him know that you heard about him here on The Faction, or if you're following him in any of those other spaces, just show him some love the day. I know that would be a really awesome thing. So speaking of love, I want to shout out all of you who joined us this past Sunday for Battle Slam. In case you missed it, Battle Slam Aftermath took place live on Fight TV this past Sunday night, and it was special as we had an eight-man tournament to crown the first ever icon world champion coming out of Battle Slam. It was an incredible, incredible night. I won't tell you all of the details because if you missed the pay-per-view, I do want you to go back and watch it on Fight TV as the replay is available now. But I will say congratulations to Baron Black, who is the new Icon World Heavyweight Champion. It was an amazing night. I was honored to do commentary on a bit of a bucket list item with Caprice Coleman. Of course, Caprice has been a longtime guest and friend of this show here, and we've been friends for quite some time. And so to be able to finally work with him was a huge, massive honor. So shout out to Caprice. What an amazing night Battle Slam was. You'll definitely want to go back, check out the tournament and some other amazing matches that took place including Khan versus Chris Bay, some amazing women's matches as Savannah Evans took on Queen Aminata, and much more. I promise you're going to enjoy Battle Slam Aftermath, available right now on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Check out the replay and let me know what you think of all that happened there. Some other big news coming out of the weekend, and there's interesting irony connected to this. So trending over the weekend was Teddy Long. Now, in case you didn't know why Teddy Long was trending, there was a bit of a blocking spree that happened over the weekend involving Teddy Long as mysteriously Teddy Long, or at least his account, began blocking many wrestlers, many fans out of the blue. And he didn't exactly know what happened. So he initially did a post that said, hey, it wasn't me in his best shaggy voice. But then he would come back and do a video to give further clarification to what happened. So what he has said is that 
he apparently blocked one person who had been saying some pretty derogatory things. And that person somehow found a way to hack into his account and then went on to control of his account and began blocking people. Now, obviously, well, let me not say obviously. I will say that he has a verified account. And we've done an interview with Teddy Long here on the show as well. Super cool guy. I'm not sure how tech savvy he is because yes his account may be verified but if the password is weak or if there's not enough authentication or verification on there it's easy enough for somebody to hack your account so with that said I think he's trying to get control of it back but it is still protected which I'm not sure if he understands all of this but there's a weird degree of irony to this because while his account was being hacked he was actually with my broadcast partner from Southern Honor, Brandon Benefield, as they were doing a bit of an anniversary show over at Immortal Tattoos here in Georgia. And so the irony of all of that is just, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. But check this out. Speaking of Teddy Long, it's kind of the best of times and worst of times because while he was trending, he also did lose his wife. His wife, Tasha, passed away and they announced that earlier this week on Busted Open Radio. So our thoughts and prayers are certainly with Teddy Long. Obviously, losing your wife is just a, a really sad, sad case for sure. So we're praying strength for him. But yeah, Teddy Long trending like crazy. And for those of you who want to make your way to Atlanta on October the 7th for Still Here 4, which is the four-year anniversary of SHW, Teddy Long will be in the house with us for Southern Honor Wrestling. So I'm very excited about that. I'll get to meet him face to face and that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, lots of Teddy Long news in the world of pro wrestling. Pretty wild, pretty crazy for sure. Now then, let's talk a little bit about the things going on in WWE. As WWE is certainly continuing to build on the momentum that they have had over the last month and a half, almost two months now, since the retirement of Vince McMahon and Triple H taking control of all things creative. A lot of cool things are happening. This white rabbit situation continues to be more and more interesting. The intrigue and the mystery behind it is super cool. And the subtle nature with which it's being delivered is cool. If you watched Monday Night Raw, last night on Raw, it was a very quick flash of the QR code during the match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. And if you blinked, you likely missed it. But if you didn't blink, you were able to probably pause your television long enough to catch it. You saw another wild video from the White Rabbit. And now it's leading ourselves to ask the question, who is the White Rabbit? Now, I will just go ahead and say from the videos that I have seen, I'm just going to put it out there. I think it's Bray Wyatt. At one point, I thought it was connected to Killer Cross, but after Friday night when the White Rabbit did not show up during uh, the battle between Killer Cross and Drew McIntyre, it kind of wiped that idea away. The idea of Finn Balor being the White Rabbit is kind of wiped away because of all that he's doing with the Judgment Day. So to me, it only leaves Bray Wyatt. All of the clues point that way. All of the videos point that way. So now it's a question of when the White Rabbit will show up on Raw, on SmackDown, and maybe he'll even show up at Extreme Rules in Philadelphia, which by the way, Extreme Rules seems to be shaping up to be one of the best versions of Extreme Rules we've seen in a long, long time. 
One of the real criticisms of Extreme Rules over the last few years is that it's not been extreme at all. I mean, there's barely been one match on that card historically, at least over the last three or four years, that has been proven to be worthy of Extreme Rules. But it feels like this time around, that is different. We found out last night, and forgive me because there are going to be some spoilers in what I'm about to say, but we did find out last night that Bianca Belair will take on Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship in a ladder match. And if my memory serves me correctly, I feel like this is the first one-on-one ladder match for Bianca Belair. Now, her first Hell in a Cell match, oddly enough, was against Bailey, where she emerged victorious. Will that happen in the ladder match? This will be very interesting to see. We also found out at the end of Raw, we saw the return of Edge. Edge comes back to take on the Judgment Day, and we find out that Edge has challenged Finn Balor to an I Quit match. So, between those two matches and then the Extreme Rules match that is scheduled for the SmackDown women's title between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, I think we've got something. I think we got something big on our hands here for Extreme Rules. Now, we've not heard anything about the tag titles yet or about Roman Reigns, which I don't think Roman Reigns will be defending yet, considering he's got the big match happening in Saudi Arabia in November. So I think we're going to have ourselves a really solid card for Extreme Rules, and it doesn't hurt that it's in Philly as well, the birthplace, dare I say, of Extreme. So yes, Extreme Rules looks pretty special. With that said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about another interesting observation subtly brought to us on Monday Night Raw, and we'll talk about the nature boy, Ric Flair. It's the Mac Militant. Let's get ready to kick it. Holla, holla, holla. Hey, what's up, players? WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. And on October the 7th, I'm going to be in Canton, Georgia for Southern Honor Wrestling. Now they're having that big anniversary there. That's going to be a big show, and I certainly want to be a part of it. Y'all come out October the 7th. Southern Honor Wrestling, Holly O'Flair. I leave the place empty. You get me? I'm low down, pretty and shifty. I'm low down, people against me. Hey guys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and I want all my Georgia people to know that the number one promotion in the state of Georgia is Southern Honor Wrestling. That's right, I'm talking about the boys up there and Canton GA, turning it out. And this is gonna be their four year anniversary, October 7th. You don't wanna miss it. It's all gonna start with the Diamond Cup Invitational. Two rings, 12 guys, one winner. When it's all said and done, baby, there can only be one. October 7th, don't miss Southern Honor Wrestling. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the man with the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. All right, guys, so... Monday Night Raw last night, another fantastic show, and I think one of the things that is happening is things are starting to, I don't want to say level off with Raw, but you know, we started getting used to, okay, what'll be the next return, what'll be the next thing, and believe it or not, we did get a return last night, or 
dare I say, a debut, the debut of Candice LeRae, the wife, of course, of Johnny Gargano. And her debut was done similarly to Johnny Gargano's in the sense of there was no warning. There was no hype. It was just boom. Here she is. And that was pretty awesome. Another great addition to the women's division. And side note, I had a conversation over the weekend with my guy, DJ Michael V from Battle Slam and Indie Tribe. And we might have to bring him on the show because I think we'd have an amazing conversation just sitting down together talking wrestling and music and all that jazz. But here's one thing that was interesting. He was wondering when we would see Charlotte Flair back in the ring. And one of the things that I started talking to him about, and it got me to thinking, I like the fact that Charlotte is out right now because when there's Charlotte Flair, everybody else seems to pale in comparison relative to attention and opportunities. But what we're seeing right now is that the women's division in the WWE is being built it's being strengthened and it's being done without the presence of Charlotte Flair. So adding Candice LeRae into the mix is a really big deal for Monday Night Raw, considering that they've had the recent addition in the last couple of months, of course, of damage control being Bailey, EO Sky, Dakota Kai, all three of them are top-notch, top-tier female athletes. And so it's incredible to see those additions. The challenge now to Bianca Belair. Now you add Candice LeRae in the mix. And then I hope you were paying attention to what happened at the end of the match. Candice LeRae took on Nikki A.S.H. Of course, she's been on a bit of a losing streak. Her and Dewdrop did not win the NXT Tag Team Championships. They did not win the Women's Tag Team Championships. And so there was one point after a recent match when Nikki Ash and Dewdrop were headed to the back and Nikki Ash kind of pulled her mask off and threw it down in disgust. And it was done in the background and you could hardly see it. Well, subtly this time, something very similar happened where as she lost the match, she sat in the corner and pulled the mask off, revealing her face once again. The camera got a shot of it and commentary very briefly mentioned it. So it makes me wonder if we are getting ready to finally move away from the Nikki almost a superhero character and perhaps return to the Nikki Cross that wreaked pure havoc in all of NXT and WWE. I'd love to see that. And while we're giving people their names and their identities back, is it possible that Dewdrop could return to being Piper Niven? And then if the two team up again, this time as Piper Niven and Nikki Cross, they together could do a lot more than Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. And you might be asking, well, what's in a name? What's the difference? It's a huge difference when you get to be yourself versus having to be something that you're not it makes a difference even Pete Dunn aka Butch now getting a chance to talk getting to pull his hair down and look much more like the bruiser weight getting to do more in the ring instead of instead of just being you know seemingly a whiny little runt of sorts yeah it's a good thing to see him back in that space so I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen for Nikki for Dewdrop but it definitely seems like we are on the precipice of people getting their identities back and when you get your identity back you become a completely different person with that said on the AEW side of things there's very interesting news of course they had their grand slam for both 
Dynamite and Rampage. We got a new AEW World Champion in John Moxley, a new Ring of Honor World Champion in Chris Jericho. Tomorrow night, Chris Jericho defends the ROH World Championship on Dynamite. I believe this is the first title defense for the Ring of Honor World Championship on Dynamite. Uh, so there's something to be said for that. But the news that people are talking about is Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews, who is part of the House of Black, announced over the weekend that he is taking a leave from AEW. In fact, he wants to be released, if he's not already been released, from AEW. And there's rumors that he's interested in joining up with the WWE once again. His go-home speech at a show called Live Pro Wrestling, I believe that's the name of the show, that happened over the weekend, was very, very similar to the go-home speech that Malachi Black gave a couple of weeks ago at an independent show. So things are getting really, really interesting there in AEW relative to people wanting to leave. That's a whole new ball game. But with that said, I think AEW is doing their best to kind of hit the reset button in light of all that happened with the media scrum. And speaking of that, not sure if we've talked about this yet or not, but one of the other pieces of fallout from the media scrum is the possibility that we may not see CM Punk in an AEW ring again. It's being rumored that AEW may indeed buy out the remainder of his contract so that he will be gone from the company. If you'll notice, they're not talking about CM Punk anymore. There's no mentions in terms of history or reference. He's not involved in any sort of visuals on the show anymore it's as though he doesn't exist this media scrum was serious to say the least and i think we could have seen the last of cm punk so this gets interesting before we get out of here we're stuffing a lot of news into the show today so i hope you guys are appreciating that rick flair the nature boy who about two months ago had what was Build as Ric Flair's last match. It was a whole pay-per-view, a tag team situation. It happened the night after SummerSlam in Nashville, Tennessee. Big, big show there. Flair did not look his best by all accounts. In fact, at one point he passed out during the show. He told people that he did not remember half of the match. Ric Flair has now announced that he will never retire. He just had a whole celebration for his 50th year in the wrestling business. Some of his close friends were there to celebrate with him. But in there, he's announced, nope, I'm not really retired. So I don't really know which version of Ric Flair to believe. Do we believe the 2022 version that says, no, really, this is my last match? He said that at his last match. Or do we believe the 2008 version that stood receiving his Hall of Fame induction before what was scheduled to be his final match, saying, I will never retire. I don't know which version we believe, but right now it seems like the 2008 version could be the one that's telling the truth. So Ric Flair, not going to retire. I'm curious, are you interested in seeing Ric Flair in a match again? I don't want to. I'm much more interested in seeing him make appearances. If he wants to show up at wrestling shows, great. If he wants to do some announcing, I think he'd be great as a, a, a coach, a producer, an on-air authority figure or something. But Flair actually wrestling in a ring doesn't do much for me. And here's why. I want to be clear. I'm not saying that, you know, that there's ever, that you're limited by anything. 
except by your body. And what I mean by your body is if your body cannot support you getting in the ring and taking bumps and the travel and all that stuff, then you really kind of have to make a move. I just don't want to see tragedy happen for Ric Flair. And what's unfortunate about this is I am accustomed to seeing the greatness of Ric Flair when he was a 60-minute man in the 80s and in the early 90s and when he had those classic matches, you know. But unfortunately, with it being 2022 and he's still trying to wrestle, I fear that fans won't respect the Ric Flair that most of us knew and loved growing up or the one that we can watch on the WWE Network. I'd rather have those memories than the new ones. Now, would I go see Ric Flair live somewhere? I'm sure I would simply because of the history that he represents, but do I want to see him in a ring? Probably not, but maybe it's just me. What are your thoughts relative to Ric Flair's decision never to really retire? Let us know on the socials at The Faction Show. Tonight, of course, NXT, and I'm still not fully sure if we're going to be live with NXT tonight or not, but I'm starting to feel like, you know, all of the season premieres will seemingly happen in October as we're finding out for Raw and SmackDown could be the case where NXT ends up in season premiere week, and if that's the case, then that's when I fully expect to see the full black and gold facelift to NXT, but we'll see what happens tonight on NXT. Of course, tomorrow night we've got Dynamite, and then throughout the week you've got Impact, SmackDown, and a host of other amazing events. Hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and continue to spread the word about all things connected to The Faction. And if you've not already done so, by all means, head over to Fight TV. Check out Battle Slam Aftermath. It took place this past Sunday. You can watch the replay right now. Let us know what you think of our commentary. I was in the commentary booth with the amazing Caprice Coleman. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I'm